Hey, welcome to the Healthy AF Podcast. We all know that health is complex and multifaceted. Amy Chang and Fran Paradine are here to break it down, talk it up, and learn from a whole slew of really amazing guests. Fran and Amy are both health coaches, and just like health, their practices and viewpoints are individualized. You'll hear different takes on the same information as they discuss all things health, and you'll learn with them as they talk with guests who explore all different areas of health. Every episode will be fun, informative, and entertaining. If you like what you hear, please follow us and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. I am so excited to have Michelle Gallagher on this episode. She was one of the very first people I thought of when we started making a guest list. Michelle has um, infinite depths of personal power. And I have been so privileged to watch her develop that personal power and come into her own. And I wanted her to share her story a little bit about what she does. She's a personal trainer and also a a group instructor uh, coaching classes out in California. Uh, So if you're in California, you know, wherever you are, pop by. Anyway, I'm just so excited that we're having her here today on the Healthy AF podcast. Good morning. Good morning. I'm really happy to be here. It's quite an honor. So glad to be here. Yeah, for sure. We're happy to have you. And I have not met you, so I am so excited about getting to know you more. Yeah, I'm so excited. Amy raves about you. Oh, well, that's amazing. We, funny story, we have never actually... uh, met in person. We have, mm-hmm. we have solely just been, we got connected in, um, a mentorship group, a coaches mentorship group, um, a few years ago. And so I met May, Amy through that and it's, it, but it's all been virtual. So it's just, it's so wild to be able to go so deep with, with people who, mm-hmm. you know, are not even in my same, in the same state as me. So the time, cool. even, even time zone, like really, I'm so yeah, far away from you. Right. Yeah. It's wild. And so close, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. So I wanted to start, I have, by the way, completely filled Fran's head with your greatness and like, look at her Instagram, look at her. And I'm showing my daughters like, you know, cause you have such a wide variety of really great passions and information that you give freely to anyone who, um, you know, wants, wants to look at it and benefit from it, from nutritional stuff to um, beauty stuff to workout stuff to like just pull your head out of your butt and live your life to the fullest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been spreading the Michelle Gallagher love everywhere. So let's start with, um, tell us your story, any part of your story you want to start with? Yeah, well, I have been um, a coach for about, oh gosh, um, it's coming up on 11 years. Uh, I've been a personal trainer and coach. I started out in the CrossFit world that, that, uh, for me alone changed my life. Um, so by the time that I was able to be presented with the opportunity to own a CrossFit gym and go in and and start one, I did with my husband, we had a, a business partner who was actually my, my coach. And so it was just a really special time. So CrossFit, 100% changed my life. Um, From there, I discovered I loved coaching. Um, I'd been a 
a cello teacher. I had been, I've been a makeup artist for about 15 years. Um, so teaching people how to do things has always been something that I've enjoyed and loved. Uh, but I just had discovered in a new way um, how to teach people and educate people on how to do a skill. And so it just, it was something I didn't really know how much I would love. Um, and we owned our gin for about five years. We owned it and we passed the baton on just wanting to make more time for uh, family, for my husband and I to work deeper on our marriage and to make space for our son who um, is 14 right now. And just realizing, you know, owning a business is hard work and um, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, if you're, if you're like a bleeding heart, like me, you just pour your heart and soul out until, you know, until you got nothing left. And so there was definitely a time for us to, to be able to pass this thing on, but it was something we created. It was so special. Um, So going, having to kind of let the gym go, um, but then start uh, moving into where I actually had space and room to just solely focus on the coaching, which I had never had a chance and opportunity to do before. So it really had ignited this whole new um, area in my life on a deeper level that like, I really, I really enjoy doing this. And so kind of from that inspiration, that passion, it's led me um, down different paths of what does it look like to be healthy, what is, is it really just about a number on a scale or is there more to it? Cause oftentimes, you know, women who want to work out at a gym have a very specific thing. They want lower body fat percentage. They want to be a different number, a lighter number on a, on a scale. But is that really all that we are worth? And is that all that we, is that all that we determine our worth by? And so these were all questions that I had kind of asked myself here and there every now and again, but then really just kind of like, ah, you know, like just kind of scratching the surface. Um, but um, it really wasn't until a massive tragedy in my life had happened where um, my brother, my youngest, uh, not my youngest brother, he's, um, he's my brother who there's, I have two brothers and two sisters. So there's five mm-hmm. of us all together. Uh, we're all kind of spread out. Um, in age. And so um, my brother, John, who is only two years younger than I am, we did a lot of life together. Um, And the tragedy is, is that my brother died um, when he was 31 years old. And it was, it was a really, really um, like sucker punch to the gut. um, Because he, everything that he did in his life, if you had met him, Fran and Amy, uh, you would see this kind of quiet, but really like polite, lively young man who, um, he was a firefighter. He was a, had gone to paramedic school and just everything that he had done in his life regarding work had been in service to others. Um, he had started working at, uh, my local hospital, starting from the bottom, just kind of doing janitorial services all the way up to where he was monitoring, um, heart rate monitors on an f- entire floor of a hospital. And mm. so he kind of spent his, the last like eight years of his life um, working for this hospital. Um, so he was this kind, soft, giving human being. Um, but what had happened was his mental health was not, was not doing well. And um, we kind of grew up in, in a household 
where we didn't really talk about our feelings very much. We weren't really very um, free to to just be connected to ourselves. And so I think uh, we had learned to kind of just suppress a lot of things and just to kind of put that tough face on and grit and just grind it out and just head down and just work. Um, at least that's that's a huge part of kind of my story. Um, yeah, that is so familiar. That, that, sure. that is so familiar. I think not only do I hear that from a lot of people, but yeah, living it. Yeah. I get that. So I, I know that that's how how you you grew up and and when this tragedy struck, yeah. those were the tools you had. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, just head down and grind, um, hustle for your worth, you know, and just really prove, prove to myself that I'm worth something because I just grew up thinking I wasn't worth or valuable to anybody unless I was a certain way, unless I was serving other people. So very, very, um, you know, kind of deep stuff. But at that time, you know, just what do you do? You just, you just hustle for your worth. You just stay busy. You just try to be productive as, as productive as possible. And, you know, it's all coming from this deep place, but in real life, it just looks like I'm this kind of go-getter entrepreneurial, you know, busy, badass mom who's, you know, got all the things put together. Like she's just, she's getting it, you know? And, um, so I definitely, I definitely know that John had that as well, where, you know, you just, you put a smile on your face and you just keep grinding and you just keep going, not really giving yourself time and space to slow down, to be still, to let things come up, to then deal with it. So he had eventually, um, just had a mental breakdown and, uh, it landed him in jail. And while he was in jail, we were waiting for him to get a mental evaluation. Uh, but he was in he was in our county jail for about four to five weeks. Um, and one day I get a call from my parents saying that John died. John died. He was in jail and now he died. Um, and it would take over a year and a half for the coroner's office, for the sheriff's department, for the county jail to offer up any kind of um, any kind of like death certificate to where they to where they would tell us like how he died. So for a year and a half after my brother died at 31 years old, I didn't know how he died. I didn't know if it was suicide. I didn't know if it was, um, you know, correctional officers beating on him and wailing on him. I didn't know if it was other inmates that he was getting into trouble with. I didn't know. We didn't know anything. And so, um, you know, long story long, I, I had to really, I, it was the loss of my brother. He was 31 years old when he died. Um, everything was a mess. My life blew up. Like my entire world just blew up in an instant. Um, so many questions, so much anger and like rage and things that I had never really allowed myself to feel. And I still get really emotional about it too. But like stuff that like I had been suppressing my whole life, I had no choice but to just let it up and out. And I had two choices. I could either deal with what, with what was going on in my life in real time, or I could just kind of try to just maybe smash it down and just kind of stay busy and stay in the little shallow details of things and, and such. But I, it, I really took it as an opportunity for me to recognize that I have been running my entire life from something. And I, I've never, I've never stopped 
I've never uh, had been still long enough to really figure out what that was. Um, my body had basically shut down from the grief. Um, I was in a lot of pain, obviously emotionally, but uh, just physical pain. Physical pain was manifesting in my life in ways that I had never had any problems with. Um, but here I am with like daily just migraines and um, like I was going through some low back problems and like getting that trying to get that figured out because some days I couldn't walk without you know so I, I would normally go to the gym or I would I would do you know something in the gym to kind of let the stress out right and just like just how how often do all of, do all of us manage stress um, you know by by hitting the gym and, and just doing something that just kind of gets your body moving but I couldn't even do that because my back was in so much pain um, I was having um, I, I got like a herniated disc that I was just kind of dealing with and it was just really inflamed and at that point and just causing a lot of problems I couldn't do anything like a normal human being so here I am literally like migraines every day popping excedrins like I'm you know, like they're vitamins and then to boot, I can't even like physically exert myself to even just kind of get some of that angsty feeling out. I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck in my body. My body just hurts all the time. And, um, and I really, and I really, it was the, it was the wake up call. It wasn't, you know, the red flags have been going off for years in my life, but it wasn't, it wasn't until my body literally shut down and would not let me do anything that I would normally use to cope um, I, I couldn't do it anymore. So again, it was just that, that really big sucker punch to the gut of like, all right, here are your options. You've got, you can either like deal, you can deal or you can just kind of suffer. Yeah. Pretend and keep on suffering and, you know, with a smile on your face, good luck with that, you know, type Mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah. Um, that was three years ago. Uh, I think that's the first time that we spoke on the phone. Yeah. Uh, I had known you before John died and then John died and then we spoke on the phone. And what I remember from that phone conversation is that you are exactly the way you're describing now. Like you were completely toolless. You had no tools in your tool belt to deal with the type of experience that now was sitting in your lap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, you're right. You had two choices. You could deal with it by growing tools, finding tools, scrapping for tools, <laughs> probably desperately <laughs> clinging to any sense of anything, you know, because the head down grind, go to the gym, knock it out, wasn't working. And your body has had begun to um, scream, not whisper Yeah, that this shit was not cutting it anymore. And you took that opportunity. Yeah. I did. Um, and talking to you now, and of course we've talked some after that, but it, what has been interesting and empowering for me, inspiring for me, is every conversation we've had after that and how you have um, dealt with dealt with those things. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, and it's been all the things, you know, it's, I mean, eventually I was able to bring movement back into my life and I, and figure that out. I have been going to therapy. I was actually in therapy before that. So my husband and I made it a a point to just like, Hey, we need to be healthy and we need help this. We don't know. We've been kind of running 
down the same road and we're kind of at the end of that road. And so we had already started establishing better communication patterns, better ways of um, touch in being more in touch with our own feelings and being able to communicate that to one another. And then, you know, we already had better goals of like, how do we want to be a healthy family that communicates Mm. that has relation like that actually has connection versus just like, Hey, we're just a family. And on the outside, we look perfect. But on, on the inside, if you were to watch us on a fly on the wall, you know, like, would you see, would you see connection or would you see disconnection? Would you see mom and dad's just kind of like out of it because we're both working, we're both working parents, you know, and we, we have busy lives. And so we, we've, know how to kind of click everything into our schedule now, but like, are we actually spending time eating meals together, sitting down, having, having dinner, playing games at the end of the day Mm. with our son, asking him how his day was, um, having open communication. These are all things that were quite foreign to me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just been this journey of, um, you know, how do I, how do I process grief and realizing there was a book that, uh, Ray had us read in our, in our, uh, coaches group called the body keeps the score. Oh, I remember it, man. Mind boggling. Yeah. Thinking, you know, thinking like as a coach, like this is going to be such an amazing book. It's going to give us another tool for our tool belt to, Hey, recognize when people are like dealing with trauma. And, um, when that stuff starts to kind of manifest in the gym, like in a personal training session, or just in general, as you observe your, your clients, um, you know, to, to just have that in your, to have that in your belt, which is so great. But I started reading this book and I'm identifying as the victim. <laughs> I'm identifying as the person that has experienced trauma and I was not prepared for that. So that oh. really flung the floodgates open wide of like, oh my gosh, there's so much that I, that I need to learn. So you were really surprised by that. Shocked. So shocked. Cause I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, and this was, and this was before John died. So, you know, 2017, we, I was started, I started in Ray's group. John died in 2019. And so I had had like, I had had some, you know, some foundational blocks like laid down. But I mean, when John, when John died and that whole thing just blew up, um, it was, it was next level. Like, oh my gosh, like what, what is going on right now? And you know what I think? I think those foundational blocks being laid down, that's a God thing, Michelle. Yeah, I agree. That I That agree. is a universe wrapping you up and getting you taking the baby steps and getting those beginning first few reps yeah. on, hey, a whole shit pile's coming your way. Yeah. And you, you need somewhere to stand and, and grow and stand up. Yeah. Can we shout out to Ray Regno and his group? Yes, we can. Ray Regno. <laughs> Ray Regno all day, every day. All day, every day. He's uh, a wonderful coach and a wonderful mentor. And without him, Healthy Living Coaching would not be here because uh, he dragged me through that first year, thankfully. So, oh, good times. We love you, Ray. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, Fran, you've been quiet, and I, I wish that the people listening could have seen your face because Fran is always, um, has the most expressive face and I know she's brewing something over there. So what are you, what are you brewing that you want to know or share? Well, I mean, one, it's an an incredible story and your story, then the way you handled it. You know, I think we can all relate to that feeling of 
being hit with something that is is more than our normal coping mechanisms or more than our defenses can handle and kind of being, you know, th- thrown back. Um, and so just kind of hearing you talk about that in such an open and honest and vulner- vulnerable way was really moving. So I appreciate your courage in doing that. Um, and then I kept kind of wondering and thinking and waiting for the next piece. Like, so how, what, what was it that allowed you to, um, to make the decision? I mean, there's so many ways we can go when we're at that, you know, vulnerable place, you know, there's that addictions, there's, um, just kind of, giving up or just saying, you know, there's so many different ways people handle that. Um, and you have clearly put in a lot of work. So you had, you had this reserve of strength, you had this reserve of, um, you know, that, of, that I'm, I'm valuable, you know, in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's what you pulled. I mean, assuming that's what you had to pull on. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so just kind of like, how did you go from that place that you talk, you call it a gut punch, which is a great description. So how do you go from there to, you know, starting to build back up? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so through Ray Regno's group, he had also recommended, he met these two really cool women, uh, Chantel Dayton and Lou Crenshaw, who live and are based out of Medford, Oregon which is only two and a half hours north of where I'm at. Um, he, he met them through a different mentorship group and said, hey, um, every single woman in my group needs to start following Drop Gym uh, in Medford. Start following them on Instagram, start watching their videos, start you know looking at their website. They are doing some really cool things with women. And so like super broad, but it's like, okay, that sounds good. Like I'll start following. And so they're this um, all female women's gym uh, based in Medford, Oregon, and they do workshops, they do weekend workshops, they do uh, like seven day um, intensive workshops where you go and spend a week with them. Um, And so I had followed them for a few months, just kind of seeing the content that they were busting out. They're talking a lot about breath, um, similar things that we were learning in our group, um, but just a little bit more in depth and a little bit more catered to the female body. So it was really interesting to hear conversations and and, um, content coming out of like your nervous system and your breath matters. And oh, by the way, like your lady cycle matters. And so if you're only paying attention to when your period drops, um, but the rest of you know your life feels very chaotic, you're dealing with tons of PMS. I mean, these are all very real things that women have to deal with. There's tons of women who are suffering from PCOS, from any kind of like autoimmune diseases and I mean, all kinds of illnesses and things that are linked to a really, really dysfunctional um, lady cycle. And so this was all just very new and very interesting. And I thought, man, these women, these women like are very passionate about what they do. So it, it didn't feel like information being regurgitated. It really felt like they had done the work themselves, which I would mm-hmm. come to find out was absolutely true. They did the work themselves 
um, for years and years and years, and then came up with this experience where uh, Lou is is from. She's very athletic. Um, she owned cross, a CrossFit gym. Um, she has a lot to her name, but then Chantel also has been uh, a sixth degree black belt in martial arts um, forever, forever. Like she's been a black belt ever since she was 12. And so these two women came together and were like, Hey, we want to help women. This is how we're going to do it. And they have made this experience based off of like their own strengths, but also working on their weaknesses. So I started following them. I started um, asking questions and engaging with them and DMs. They would come through Reading um, and are just the sweetest women. They would ch- they would uh, check in with me and say, hey, like we're going to be in Reading. We're going to come through. Would you mind grabbing coffee with us for like 30 minutes? And like cleared my schedule to be like, yep, I'll be there. You just let me know. And you so, could not stop me from being there. Yes, I'll be there. Yes, you cannot stop me. Like I, I was just like whatever they, I like what I didn't even know what it was at the time, but I knew that whatever they were giving, I was needing in my life, and so just had um, continued to build this uh, friendship with these ladies. And sure enough, I think. Um, it must have been I had I had already booked um, to do a seven day shift is what they're calling it now um, seven day shift experience. Um, I had booked that before John died and then after John died. So I went in the summer of 2020. So the world was locked down. Um, I was navigating all the things plus the world being locked down and, you know, we were going to flatten the curve and it was going to be two weeks and all this stuff. And then it wasn't. And, um, I, so I went up there in the summer of 2020, spent a week up there with them and no joke that, that whole seven day shift experience with these women was the pivotal moment for me. Um, I came in, I literally told them I came in first night. They're like, why are you here? And I'm like, I have the pieces of my shattered life right now. Because again, nine months in um, is when I went to to shift. I still didn't know how my brother died. Uh, we didn't, they weren't, like the county wasn't communicating with us. They literally just kind of like threw up a wall and was like, everything's under investigation. We can't talk to you or your parents about anything. Um so like just enough unknown, like I just, I was in this, like, I can't grieve my brother cause I don't know how he died, but you know, all of the things that you hope you wouldn't hear about how, you know, inmates are dying in jails because of their, I mean, my brother needed mental, a mental health facility. He didn't need jail. And so basically, um, you know, come, come to discover like it, we just, we believe that he died um, because directly because of correctional officers beating on him, wailing on him. I mean, his, his body, when we got his, the coroner's report, there was no doubt in the coroner's mind that like he was beaten beyond what would be considered okay. Um, at all. Like, so my parents would be filing a lawsuit against the County, which they are still in. Um, and we are just fighting for accountability and transparency and justice for my brother, um, because we believe that 
um, they, what he experienced in that jail directly led to his death. Um, so my parents and my family are still in the middle of that, but I, I literally, you know, came in to that drop gym experience. Why are you here? And I, I was just like, I, my, my life is in shambles right now. I'm literally picking up the pieces of my life and it's, it's all right here. And I don't know how to rebuild it. I don't have the tools. I like, I, whatever I thought I had is like, not, not enough. I need, I need to figure out how to navigate this. And that's why I'm here. And so what that looked like was me turning inward and reflecting and Lou and Chantel give their women a chance to learn about your nervous system, learn about your biology, learn about um, how suppressing and how we have shoved down our most authentic self because when we were kids, we did whatever we needed to do to be able to stay connected to our caregivers and that um, trauma and the body does keep the score and our bodies do hold on to everything that we have refused to feel or maybe just are unaware of. Um, but they gave us experiences in that throughout that week to where we could tap into that stuff. Um, and it's like, I, it's so hard to explain but it was just a week of life-changing, um, life-changing experiences that I would then continue to carry on into my, into my world when I got home. So I didn't leave it in Medford. I have just taken everything, um, that I have learned from them and continue to learn from them. Cause I'm now an intern for them and I, they're, um, mentors of mine as well. Cause they have a mentorship group as well. So, um, everything that I owe when it comes to me picking up the pieces of my life and figuring out how to manage myself and manage my life and not just survive in my life, which I've done my whole life, but learning how, what does it look like for me to thrive? Mm. And Preach it, girl. Preach it. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's really just been me learning how to take care of myself and give myself time and space to heal, to feel things, to process emotion and to let things just come when they come and recognize what I need when I need it. And then try to communicate that to my family. Um, it's, it's been all of that, but it's, it started, it started at drop gym for sure. Okay. So I need to, I need to pull some things up cause I don't want to lose these things that I'm hearing. And one of the things that I hear that I just want to like celebrate with you that when you arrived at drop gym, you were ready to answer the question, why are you here? You were not still balking. You were not still pretending. You were not still putting on a brave face. You were not still going over the mountains of to-do lists. You were not still like running your identity of Michelle Gallagher, badass entrepreneur, you know, gym owner, mom, you know, whatever. You had the wherewithal to let all that go and say like, I can't, I am like, I'm dragging it. I'm dragging in, and this is all I'm bringing to you. Mm -hmm. And not to step over, that Lou and Chantel create that for people. Like, hi, we're Lou and Chantel. Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the good stuff. Please let us not talk about the weather. Let us not talk about, like, you know, the grocery list or what you're making for dinner. Let's, like, get right up in there. Right up in there. Yep. Yes. Yes, where we can really be real with each other and contribute and serve each other, you know? It's Shit, just, I'm so glad that exists. 
truly special place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a place, it's something that I think we all need as human beings, you know, and they're doing it for women, which is just phenomenal. Um, cause it's time it's, it's over time. It We've needed something like this forever. For sure. And then you went on and you said this whole paragraph of like, it's me taking care of myself and it's me, blah, blah, blah. And you said all these things that you're doing that in itself, you know, was like, I don't know, maybe a complex sentence, but that's huge. That's a totally different way of living your life from the mindset that you wake up in, which is, you know, like conceptual and fluffy Mm -hmm. to how your flipping calendar is arranged. Where is it that you put your time? Where, you know, do you take that time to do your exercise, your meditation, your introspection, your mentoring, your mentor-eeing, you know, how you get and how you serve? And so, like, from everything, Michelle, that's a lot, Thanks. That you took from that week. Yeah, I like I super get emotional about it because like my why is my brother, you know, it's the thing he never got in his life before his life was snuffed out. And so anytime that I feel like I want to give up or that it's too hard or that I can't go any further down this path because it's so painful, I remember his life and I remember like I wanted so badly for him to get what I am, what I am getting. And I wanted that so badly for him and he's in a better place now. And that's good. But it's the thing that fires me up and it's the thing that makes me keep on going because I'm stuck here on this earth, missing him and wishing he was here and wishing that he could have a fulfilled life. But because he's not, it's, it's the thing that just makes me want to do this harder and just to stay in it and, and to know that whatever I'm going to get on the other side of this hard thing, whatever is facing me in that moment, mm. I do it for him because, because I just miss him and I wish that he had had it for himself. What a gift he is giving you. Totally. Do you know that? Totally. What a beautiful gift uh, John is giving his big sister. Is that awareness of there's a reason for you to take the time to uh, live that thriving life and ripple that out onto everybody else that you touch because you do that. Yeah, Right. That's what I was going to say. It's not only a gift for you, Michelle, but you're a gift that you are, you know, that you are passing on to everybody you're working with. Thank you. Um, And you, I mean, just like you said that the women in um, Drop Gym embody their work. You embody your work. You embody what you are imparting um, to the people you work with. Thank you. I, I feel it. I really do. It's it's what fuels me, again, to, like, I can't do the work. I can't, I, I don't want to just regurgitate the information. I don't want to just put my, my clients through an experience and then not have it pick it up. It's, it's very much so like who, like the audacity of me to come in and to train someone without actually doing the work myself. It's like, it's ludicrous. It's crazy. Like that's, it's not going to work. It's not going to be as impactful. So it's really the responsibility for me to do this for myself. Um, so that way it does, it, it does carry weight. It does carry, you know, Hey, like, I know, I know what it's like. I know I've been in your shoes. I can relate to what you're feeling and how you tear yourself down on a daily basis instead of lift yourself up and support yourself. 
I I know what that feels like, but I also know what it feels like to mm. to switch and to change and to move and to grow and and that process is painful sometimes. Yes. But don't worry, like you can do it if you, you know, if you're willing, yes. if you're willing to just go through it. So If you're willing. Yes, yeah. I love that. If you're willing. So so let me um ask this one question that we tend to ask at the end of each podcast, there's so much more, first of all, that I want to know and that I want to hear. Um, but I do know that we all um, have some time constraints. So I hope you will come back. I would love to at some honor. point. Okay. I would love to. Yeah. You've got an amazing, amazing story and so much to teach us as well as anybody who's listening. So what is um, one, either one lesson that you have to learn over and over again um, or one thing that you really feel like, um, you, you want to tell that people want, you want people to understand. So what, either a nugget that, you know, that is really important for you to let people know, or a lesson that just kind of keeps hitting you over the head, um, (laughs) because you're just not getting it. Oh yeah, man. The lesson that keeps on coming, um, and that just keeps on giving is, is really, um, I have to stop hating myself. Mm. Mm. I, I have to stop telling myself that I'm not good enough, that I'm not lovable unless I'm producing something that I, um, that I'm not the body fat percentage or the weight number I'm supposed to be. I'm not, I'm not looking the way that I'm supposed to aesthetically as a trainer and a coach. Mm. Um, I'm not, um, I'm not a good enough, you know, daughter. I'm not a good enough wife. I'm, you know, like just, I have to stop. I have to stop hating myself. Um, yeah. And I mean, on so many levels, on so many, on a, on a, physical level on a emotional level on a spiritual level mental level it's crazy how much I talk to myself in a negative way I was my own bully you know in my head um and so what would it the question is always what would it look like for me to to be my own best friend what would that look like because the way that I have talked to myself in the past has always been very critical um very bully-esque and instead, you know, one of the things that Lou and Chantel, um, you know, talked about was, you know, what would it look like for you to be your own best friend? How do you talk to your best friend? How do you talk to the person that you love the most? You know, and when they're going through some hard stuff, how do you, how do you, how are you there for them? Because it sure as hell isn't what I talk to, <laughs> what I say to myself is what I discovered, you know, and realizing like, oh my gosh, on a daily, I am constantly critiquing myself. I am constantly telling myself I am, I'm not going to make it. I'm not good enough. Come on, weak sauce. Let's go. Like, it, like constant. Wait, constant. did you just say weak sauce? I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, come on, man, just freaking get in. It, I don't care if you're on your period. Come on, get into the gym yeah. and start your three by five back squat at 95%, girl. Come on. I don't care if your body has been telling you for four weeks, you don't need to be doing this. Let's yeah. roll. Totally. totally. <laughs> So, and then when it doesn't, and then when I can't, and when I feel 
like completely weak sauce. I'm just like, then I start critiquing myself again. Oh my God, you're so weak. Why can't you just do the thing that you were supposed to do? Why can't you just be the person that you're supposed to like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how much we are constantly talking down to ourselves, critiquing ourselves, hating ourselves, hating the way that we look in the mirror. I mean, just all, I mean, just all the things, right? I know. It's just so dumb. It's so dumb. And and what, what I like to point out to people is like, does that really serve you well? Like, have you ever given yourself a tongue lashing and then like done great things? Most of the people are like, no, no. Yeah. So, well, my question to you though, is even though I know you still uh, hear those conversations in your head, are they changing? They are. And the, the, the cool thing is the thing that I had to do in order for that pattern to stop happening and to start unraveling and breaking a little bit is um, again, paying attention to my lady cycle because I need different things at different phases of my cycle. We have four different phases that we move through approximately every 30 days. Um, And every phase is different. Every phase duration is different. Um, I will feel incredibly different when I'm ovulating comparatively to when I'm bleeding. And Mm -hmm. so those are two different totally places. Like our brain chemistry changes up to 25% throughout the month. That's a huge chunk of me being like a really, really great, awesome wife, mother, coach, blah, 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 versus me being like a terrible wife, mother. It's a struggle bus. Being on the struggle bus. Yeah, totally different. And so telling myself that like, oh, hey, I'm moving into luteal, I'm moving into menses, like I'm about to start my period, I'm going to be more tired than I usually am. I'm going to be not able to be as social with people around me unless I choose that. I'm My energy levels are going to be lower. So I need to start chilling out on my workouts and maybe just focusing on my nose, nose breathing when I'm moving instead of breathing like a dragon through my mouth and like doing cardio and hit and all of these things I need to, I need to tell and remind myself, like, I'm not a bitch. Like I am just in luteal. Like there are just, I am like all of my hormones are up here and they're about to drop in a second. My body doesn't know that I'm not pregnant, that I'm not going to have any more babies. My body doesn't know that it's going to do the thing that it was designed to do biologically since the beginning. So just all of that has that cycle that that critiquing Michelle cycle has been slowly deteriorating because mm-hmm. I am now focusing on giving myself what I need when I need it, recognizing that I'm shifting and I'm changing throughout the month and giving myself grace. Um, it, I love that. It's been a game changer for my life for sure. And yeah. And that is going to be a whole other podcast episode. Awesome. Um, the first thing I, friend, when I tore that um, Achilles tendon, the first thing I did was like, like, by the way, Michelle, the, when I tore it, I was on the first day of my period. So how am I going to impact my recovery? And does that, you know, because I know it makes a difference, you know, the, yeah, the stiffness of your ligaments and tendons, yeah, is affected by where, where your hormones are at that point. So yeah, it was the first thing I did. I was like, yeah, Michelle, I know we need to talk about the podcast, but first me. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much knowledge and I'm so inspired by the grace that you're now like listening. That's the first step, you know, listening to that body and what it's telling you and then actually being kind enough and graceful enough to give it what it's asking you for. Totally. That's not the nugget for the day. I mean, come on. 
It's a good nugget. It it's it the nu- it's the nugget for me. The nug. It's the nug. The nug. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Michelle. I, I really value your time and, and I'm always inspired and lifted up and um blessed, like really privileged to be in your ripple. Thank you. I feel the same exact way for you ladies. Thanks for having me on.